Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host Sean Siriani, and we got a both hilarious and inspiring episode for you. My guest today, his name is Cole Kidd, and I actually got Johnny Shea back on the show again to co-host this one with me um, over the past years. Me and Johnny have formed a friendship with Cole. And to sum it up, when the three of us together, we're either laughing or just saying something profound. (laughs) And uh, it makes sense to make an episode out of it. And beyond that, before I met Cole, many years ago, uh, when I was a teenager, I used to see him on Much Music in his band, Hello Beautiful. He was the front man. And he was kind of part of that last wave of when Much Music actually played music and not only is he full of knowledge of going through the ringer of the music industry he has such a unique perspective and story from pretty much doing it all from being on tour to now having a child and transitioning into settling down to be a full-time dad but never letting go of that creative spark he's always working on a million things and beyond the music he just released a brand new children's book called the plops you're going to hear all about that. And like I mentioned, just around hearing what he's been up to and kind of dropping gems of knowledge of how to put yourself out there as an artist. He tells a lot of awesome stories from a Hello Beautiful video that wasn't allowed on TV, getting in trouble with Randy Bachman of the Guess Who's Attorney, his other musical project, Rats, that featured the DJ from Slipknot, some appearances from Sum 41, and getting access to the special book with everybody in the music industry's phone number in it and just getting drunk one day and cold calling Sharon Osbourne to Fred Durst. (laughs) And overall, I think what we can get out of this episode and from Cole's story is if you're pursuing anything, you can't wait for somebody to reach out to you. You have the power, you have the leverage, you gotta hustle and you gotta do it unapologetically. So yeah, I'm really looking forward for to you guys hearing this one um also i'm gonna try to not make it noticeable but there is a cut in the episode how the three of us met was at a workplace we said a couple things that probably could be taken out of context just to avoid any unnecessary drama i chopped that out of the episode and i think i have it in a way where you might not notice but if you hear a weird cut or whatever that is why to be completely honest with you and another thing i want to say before we get into this one is that if you're listening to this on spotify itunes stitcher google play TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps each one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com you'll see pictures of cole and johnny in the studio a link to where you can order his book the plops and also you can watch that video that we talk about that has been banned from tv got cole in a bit of trouble and it's absolutely hilarious in probably the grossest way possible (laughs) all right (laughs) and we're gonna start this episode right in the middle of the action We're not fucking around today. In some context of what you are jumping into, Cole is basically talking about his early day craziness of playing in a bar in Oshawa. So yeah, here's Cole Kidd and Johnny Shea coming at you right now!
Girth Radio in session. You know, we were lucky that at the time, if, uh, some people might be aware of, but where I'm from, Whippy, beside there, it's a town called Oshawa, grungy little gr- gritty town. And uh, they had an amazing club that a lot of bands kind of came up in. And it was, it was a pretty lawless. I, w- I want to say that it was... Um, you know, Ontario's version of a CBGBs. There was cool. no rules really. It was pretty violent. Um, yeah, Whippy's a tough town too. It's well, rough, you know what, like... Whippy, Whippy's kind of the uh, you know the city gal compared to Oshawa. Oshawa's yeah. like a real working GM, uh, you know, working class. But that being said, I found in in touring all over the place that you know sometimes these grimier towns the music flourishes a lot more because I find people uh, tend to break the rules and, and creativity sort of thrives a little bit more in, mm. in grimier places as yeah. opposed to you don't hear too many amazing punk bands coming from Beverly Hills. It just doesn't uh, have that kind of oxygen out there. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, you know, you have your Sum 41s and, and there was a lot of local bands at the time. And uh, yeah, man, so it was a good place to kind of grow up in where a lot of people got success and that sort of opened up the doors to, you know, as we kind of moved on to Hello Beautiful, um, we knew that, you know, we wanted to make something different. We didn't want to line up with all the punk movement at the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, on our new on our new venture, we were like, dude, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to combine these two things that we kind of like, which is sort of like, you know, pop punk and the 90s era. Uh, you yeah, know, it was almost like that band was like a celebration of everything it popping was, at a yeah. time you had like uh, an MC mm-hmm. and shit like that like mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty cool like it's just yeah uh, it was cool and it just happened uh you know it's one of those things where it just ended up being guys that I knew from from public school and uh and just being at parties together and we used to have my my first band my punk band we used to play at like college parties and stuff like that yeah or high school like house parties and they were gnarly too, right? Like people would people would be throwing through windows. And <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> but what we used to do it is, was amazing. Yeah, no, it was. It was amazing. When you look back at it, right? It was like it was funny. Back in the day, there was like at least two or three like goon tough guys from every high school. Yeah. And they would always show up at like midnight at the house party and they would throw each other through windows. <laughs> so it was pretty legend. Yeah. Shout out to those guys. You know what? Shout out to those guys. I'm Have sure you talked to them lately? <laughs> are they, are they okay? I think they're doing a bit upstate at this point. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I always think about like crazy old times. I'm like, whatever happened to that fucking guy? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm ho- hopefully they got it all out of the system <laughs> when they were young and you know, now they're uh, working on wall street or something. Yeah, yeah. But even the setup of hello beautiful with the, the rapper and the rock band that was kind of ahead of its time when you when you when you look back at that you know you, like no one else was really doing it yeah you know we kind of got lucky there cuz it was sort of i mean at the time i guess the comparable would might be like a linkin park thing but it wasn't really that at all. The, the only the only reason it was compared to that is because there was like a rapper and a singer dude. That that was basically the only real uh, you know thing that was alike. But we kind of like I say we were sort of melding like a more of a, a punk you know fusion with an MC. But at the time it, it was funny because once we put it together, and you know this is why I always when people ask me about oh you know 
what uh, what advice do you give kind of artists coming up is like the number one thing and this happened for by accident for me with this hello beautiful thing um was being different is is almost the most important thing because when we landed on this concoction that ended up being hello beautiful and it was different and everyone was like wow this is like a new thing and all this mm-hmm. stuff things started happening so fast. Like we'd put a lot of time into our bands before trying to sort of sound like what we like or, or just be a part of the scene. And the second that we stepped outside of that and yeah. kind of had our own thing, it like, well, we basically not, not to uh, toot our own horn or whatever, but when we first started our first show that we played 10 or 15 years ago or whatever it was, um, we never didn't sell out a show in our hometown since then, like from our first show. Yeah, that's so insane. That's like you just for like, for like, started turning heads right away. Yeah, like. for, for Wait, is that legit? Is that a legit stat? That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, we never did for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So it just it just happened so fast. Um, but I do I do equate a lot of it too because I can just remember when people were, were coming up to us, you know, the main thing people would be saying would be like, I don't really like rap or I don't really like rock, but this is this I like. That was what people kept saying. So we, we, knew, we, we knew we were kind of onto something when we were able to sort of steal fans that wouldn't necessarily buy into one or the other. We had our own thing. And, and uh, you know, not to ramble on too much, but I do think when you have your own thing, nobody can really like fuck with you, man. Like the next person can't just come up and, and be younger and be the same thing. Like I find that happens a lot. Yeah, when yeah. you have your own thing, people can't just come in and make a new version of that and you're gone. Yeah. yeah which I did yeah. find with a lot of like rock bands buddies of mine, even ones that had success is like, they'd have a moment, but then the new hotness would come up and they would kind of get bumped out. Yeah. Cause they become like a watered down version of yeah, whatever yeah, the original be, source yeah, was, you become, know, it's yeah. like not authentic as yeah, yeah. it becomes almost the dated version. Whereas, uh, you know, we had our point where we got dated as well, but it was, a, it took a lot longer to do that because we were, had our own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy. Like I remember seeing like handful of like music videos from you from the much music countdown and recently i want to say about like a year ago you showed me one that i did not see on tv and it was fucking wild um did that ever get air well no they actually so this was i'm assuming (laughs) okay i think we need to to, this has to be a link there probably should be a link to this yes somewhere in the platform you use this is uh, like so like it was so grotesque and awesome. It was and like, legendary. How, how do we explain this concept? So there's like, a lot going on. I can, kind of, <laughs> I can kind of tell a few different angles of this story, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I do kind of, in it's some, layered. I do, in some regard, um, hold this video as a big turning point in my creative life. Yeah. Because we had been doing kind of these safe, polished performance, non-threatening videos. And I was getting so tired of doing those yeah, videos. Yeah, yeah. And I found that they weren't really engaging anybody, right? The social media was popping up and I was thinking, man, you have to make a video that someone essentially, as they're scrolling up and down Facebook, it's going to pop. Yeah. So for those, <laughs> for those of you listening at home and around the world, yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we made a video and we didn't even title it the song name. It was just called Woman Gives Birth to Band. And that was the title. <laughs> That's why I thought, you know what? You're probably not going to be able to scroll by this without being like, I need to check this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I got, um, yeah, so I had this idea and, I, and, I, and a guy that I'd done some videos with before and, I, and a prosthetic <laughs> guy, I got him to make a fake uh, woman's part. <laughs> 
that you and know, it was very grotesque and it was like, very grotesque and i did keep it and i did bring it to bars and parties for a number of years <laughs> after and i've lost it since and i'm very mad but my wife is super happy that it's not at the house anymore yeah yeah so she got the kid <laughs> i had it I you had got the kid a, now well, I, got, like, I got the kid now and you know what i've also seen since having a kid i've also seen a lot yeah yeah <laughs> and looking back what i did was wrong <laughs> pregnancy and birth yeah. is not not a joke. And no, I'm just kidding. I, I also like before you carry on, I want to exp- just explain to the people like listening at home this like nail in how grotesque and hilarious this video is. Like you're literally like the like she's giving birth to the band, uh-huh. but she's rocking out. But then you have this prosthetic and it's like your head will come out and you're like singing through the vagina <laughs> or your guitar player will come out <laughs> and start ripping a solo. It's it was, a, so it was sick. insanity. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. So there was there was a lot of funny things leading up to that because we had an investor at the time. Yeah. And I just assumed that there was no way if I told him exactly what it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how do I pitch this in a meeting? Like, so I just said, you know what? It's going to be kind of this like hospital scene. <laughs> band's going to be playing. And then I, I, I got them to uh, like blend the cost of the prosthetic into like the other thing. So when he got like a bit or he, when he got like a, uh, what is it called? Like an invoice. Yeah. It didn't say like. 1500 bucks for, uh, you know, silicone uh, vagina. Because <laughs> yeah. I think that would have had a red flag pop up. So yeah. I got it blended into like a lighting rig or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah. So we, we made the video. I think it came out amazing, to be honest. Uh, but we also had... I, I started uh, writing with Randy Bachman from the Guess Who at this point. So he sort of comes into the story at this era. So when we were in the studio making some songs with him, we got him. He, he heard that song and he was like, you want me to play on it? And we're like, okay, cool. So whatever, he plays a, a solo on it. So in the original version of the video, it's, you know, Hello Beautiful, Bad Like That featuring Randy Bachman. And then the video happens. Yeah. So it starts just blowing up the, well, let's just say in, in, our, in our world, it was blowing up the net. It got, you know, it was like maybe 25,000 views like in a day. Yeah, yeah. And we're going, oh man, like it's starting to get shared by some bloggers and, and all this stuff. And we're like, oh wow, this is, this is going to be good. This is going to mm-hmm. be real good. And we kind of needed a little boost in our career at that point too. We were like on the third album, you know, need a little something. Yeah, yeah. Like, so and like you said, you were kind of like quieting down and you were like, yeah. we need to do something and we shake to it up. We need to do something man. pretty splashy, right? So, um, <clears throat> So we make this video and, and it's, and now it's starting to hit. We're like, this is it, man. We're, we're working with, you know, a rock and roll legend and we're, we've got this video that's shocking. And when the song people are liking the song too, right? If they even hear it, sometimes it's hard to even hear the song when you're watching that video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the video is just so funny. Yeah. I don't remember what it sounds like. And yeah, I watched like, that video like three times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just but like, either way, as long as, as long as they're watching it for one reason or another. Yeah. Anyways, so it, it's doing well. And on day two of the video, um, I get a phone call. Ah, this is uh, Randy Bachman's <laughs> attorney. You're gonna have to pull that thing off the internet right now, or we're gonna we're gonna fucking proceed with uh, legal action. Yeah. So we're like. So oh. Randy had no clue this no, was gonna he be. Had, part of- he had no clue, but he actually. I've even since, like, you know, after that showed him, he just has a lot of handlers that take care of his internet perception. So I don't know uh, how they find out. I mean, we were working together, so it wouldn't be that hard to find out. Yeah. But he has people that just take care of his, uh, you know, perception in, in print and on, on the net. Yeah. So they instantly, so we had to peel it down 
Um, Such a shame. I know which was a total shame because it just killed the momentum. It was on like a real upward trajectory. Um, so we had to pull it down so we didn't get sued. And then, um, yeah, I think it was like maybe, shit, man, maybe like six months later. Yeah. Popped it back on. <laughs> yeah, it, once it died. It, it was a little engine that could. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it kind of worked a bit, but it definitely, you know, you kind of missed the moment of, of, of it all. Yeah. So, so it was, it fi- was it fine to go online without his name attached? It was fine to go on there without the name attached. And then we were talking about, just to go back to the beginning where you said that, did that video ever go on much music? Yeah. The answer is no. Um, but it almost did because much music was kind of dying at this point, like really on their last legs. Yeah. And they were like, we'll play it if you blur everything out. And I just said, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Rock and roll. Like I'm not blurring this out. Like really like much music at the time was, it did a lot of good stuff for us when it was, when it was at its prime. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to wreck that piece of art yeah. for yeah, like yeah. two views yeah. on much music at the time, you know? So, yeah. you know, what's funny when I, like, I, obviously it's an awful shame it got taken down, but I'm just thinking of, um, that dude's like older fans and they're like, Oh, he's, he's, uh, got a new track coming out and oh, they yeah. go online and look at it. <laughs> yeah. Just, just mortified. It looks like a guar concert. <laughs> 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 oh man. That's yeah. amazing. And what I love about your spirit too, cool. Like you just like, what when you have an idea, you're gonna push it and make it happen. And yeah. there's 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 like a million things in my head that I want to talk to you about, like things you've told me and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. But uh, one thing is like, I love the story you told me about just cold calling Sharon Osbourne oh, for yeah. your other project, sure. which is Rats, right? Yeah, yeah. And Rats is with uh, Slipknot DJ. Am I right? Well, we we've, we've actually uh, collaborated with a bunch of people. So we did we did collab with uh, Sid Wilson from Slipknot and uh, Rant, the drummer. What the hell is that? Oh um, yeah, guess who's attorney. <laughs> The guess who's attorney uh, wants to shut this whole freaking yeah. podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> They're coming through the roof, it sounds like. So, yeah, um, yeah so, with, <laughs> so with that project that I was a writer on uh, and, and a little bit of a creator artistically as well, um, yeah, we got to work with Slipknot and The Used and Rancid and uh, I don't know, a couple other people. But, yeah, it's sick. But yeah, Sharon Osbourne. So I had this, I was telling Johnny, this was in my, you know, at this point, you know, to kind of put the, 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 the whole story in context up to this point, you know, I'm, I've kind of moved away from being a touring artist. Yeah. Um, cause with hella beautiful, I mean, we toured across Canada, which is a, if for anyone who's done it is, is a vicious, vicious journey It's very far and it's dangerous as fuck. And, um, you know, whatever. But so we, we toured across Canada, maybe like nine or 10 times. <clears throat> and, uh, some opportunities were opening up. Like I had a publishing deal with, uh, Randy Bachman. I was writing some songs there and, um, you know, I was doing a couple other things. So songwriting started to be like a thing. Right. So then I got involved with this band called rats and we started, uh, yeah, like, you know, you can check them out online or whatever, but they're a masked band. Yeah. And uh, they look like rats, so it's very easy yeah. to f- distinguish. From and it's bandages. really like well done. Did you go to the same uh, vagina prosthetic no, guy I for those? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I, uh, I was going to, <laughs> but uh, I can't remember why it didn't work. But I ended up finding a guy that I liked his style um, a little bit more, and we ended up using a guy from. 
think Orlando actually, which is funny that you. Know, yeah, they're crazy masks. It's like looks like half realistic yeah. human, but like morph like a rat. It's like, yeah. almost reminds me of like maybe like in the nineties, like a Ninja Turtles movie yeah, or totally, whatever. It's like, right? Like I, I know we actually used uh, biker mice from Mars as like a loose reference. Yeah, yeah, that's you know? old school. Um, we had a, we had a few few different things that we wanted to the the mask to look like. We didn't want it to be too hokey. Yeah. Right. Because in the beginning, some of the ideas that we had for the mask, you know. Did it have fur? Was it kind of mascot esque? Was mm. it, mm-hmm. you know, and even some of the could the, very easily go that way when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, and you didn't want to be a furry. Yeah, no, no we didn't want to. You know, you know, the guys didn't want to have tails. Yeah, and it has to look aggressive. There was nothing really much more than the masks that were yeah. uh, like rat esque or whatever. But yeah, so that door opened up a whole new world of, like I say, so I was, I was writing a lot, but now I was kind of getting a lot that I liked from, from, from being an artist was, you know, I got to create visually and I got to create music with them. And then I also got to kind of help in on like a manager, um, level too, like just create some strategies and, and different ways to sort of get, you know, get things where we wanted to go, which was cool. We talked a lot about even before music was getting made, we were talking about the strategy and like how all these pieces that we were going to make, how it was going to work. So I think that was, you know, because of how long I had been in, in, in music and made mistakes and stuff like that, I, I was could kind of help navigate a few potholes mm-hmm. and try some uh, different things that I wish that I had have done with my, my bands. Cool, cool. So anyways, one of the... Give us an example there of, of what you mean by that. Like, give us a pothole. Well, and I'll, give tell, us- I'll tell you an example, right? I, I thought that... I thought that you had to engage anyone other than people you know directly. That was one. I thought, you know what? If it's going to be real, we don't want to, you know, get your friends from work or your cousins or whatever. Like if this thing was going to be legit and we were going to know for a fact that what we're doing is right, then we had to engage the internet and just literally make fans without any support from from your like local people because that's that's one thing that i've done and sometimes you get it confused where you're like are we doing something right or people just supporting us because yeah, they know us or whatever the case yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. so it started off uh started off by doing that it also started off by you know in my experiences i wasn't going to fuck with anyone from the canadian music industry you know i just wasn't going to do it. i don't like how it really operates um so, so all we did was just straight up going to the States. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't even mention anybody from, uh, Ken. not, not to disrespect, but you know what? The States is just a, it's a bigger place The the entertainment business, in my opinion, it seems to work a lot quicker yeah, because yeah. there has to, people have to be sharks to get it happen. Where in mm. my experience with Canada, it's a little bit more laid back. Hey, let's see what happens in two months. And uh, everyone's yeah. kind of, I feel like everyone's waiting around in the States that people are like, no, we do. We do now. Yeah, yeah. And, and like that, that was your attitude. I like man. that. Yeah, line. you're that kind of guy. And I was telling uh, I was telling Johnny that one of the things that I, I did in the beginning was um, I had this book that a friend gave me. It's called it's called Polestar. It has yeah. every single contact of anyone in the music industry in yeah. it. Every single one. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so so I would get drunk in the I would get drunk in the day <laughs> and I would be listening to like, you know metal music and I would be getting all fired up. And then by the time I was at maybe like five beers or or something and I just had a nice buzz, 
I just start cold calling people. <laughs> like just famous I just people. Start, I just start calling Sharon Osbourne, Fred Durst. <laughs> Get me the president of the music industry on the phone right now. I got some shit to say. <laughs> did, did Fred pick up? Yes, he did. Actually. Yes, he did. How did yes. that combo go? No, it was pretty cool. He was a big supporter, but uh, you know, nothing ended up kind of working out. But no, I did speak with him quite a bit actually, and yeah. and same with uh, Sharon Osbourne too. Actually, they. Um, it was actually. It'd be funny if I could pull it up uh, in my phone, but she goes. We got a hold of her, and um, she, her. Then she sent me an email a couple days later, and she said. She said, like, she loved the project, right? That's, like, right up her alley, too. Like, she had a big yeah. part in getting Slipknot going as well. Yeah, definitely. She was part of, um, like, just uh, booking OzFest, <laughs> where that was, like, Slipknot's roots of, like... Well, that's where they first getting, got their, like, yeah, big yeah. opening slot. Where I didn't could, know she... she did, did she? Yeah, yeah. yeah she yeah. would... Uh, I listened to, like, a lot of metal podcasts, and they, like, that whole scene, like, from the early 2000s, they, like respect her almost like as a role of a mother like she oh, yeah. used to get mad at them there's like wicked cool. stories of where she'd be like scolding them for like fucking doing acid and like doing all this crazy shit and like yeah. being dangerous and oh, like well you know what yeah. she's she's on another level right yeah, yeah. so tell me how you like <clears throat> tell me how you introduce yourself on a phone call like that yeah yeah you know what i don't even really remember all i can all i can say is that when i was calling people up I was just being exactly myself like because, and you know what, I, I am, I, I am going to say that, you know, being day drunk and I did, <laughs> no, 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 hear me out. <laughs> I was day drunk, but I also <laughs> thought that we had a really amazing product that was like any, nothing else. Uh, yeah, so I was very you. confident saying like, this is, I could say, yeah. yo, this is something that's not fucking around right now. You know what I mean, and and uh, and you believed it from and your I did, heart, and, and it I did believe it, and, yeah. and I know enough about uh, the you know the the music business that I I could kind of I I think they could tell fairly quickly that it wasn't just some kid being like, hey, can I get on like a show? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. this was this when the album was done? Was it the finished? album? We had half we had half an album done, so we had six songs, but at this point too, we had sold. Um, we sold like you know a whole pile of shirts online, and, and Instagram was kind of really popping, and it just was kind of rolling. And then you know, like anything, and and this this can go back to some advice for for younger people is if never like look for someone to reach down and just like hand you anything. Yeah. If you build it, all these friggin' all these greedy bastards they come around. <laughs> <laughs> right like if that's what you're looking for if you build it they come they don't yeah, care yeah. If, it, if it's working they're around yeah, yeah, yeah and then and then um also too is when that does happen um you have a lot more leverage mm-hmm. when someone's approaching you to do a, a partnership or inquiring you have a lot more leverage when you roll up to people and, and you're kind of asking hey you know can you be my booking agent or you be my manager you're under you're under their boot yeah when they come to you you know, that's, that's how it should work. So the internet has, has made it, you know, uh, has made it a lot easier to sort of go out there, create a brand, market it. You can hook up your PayPal, find your audience and, and just deliver them content. Yeah. That's basically it. I mean, that sounds like that's easier said than done, Mm -hmm. but you got to go through and you, and you, the the key ingredient is obviously originality at this stage. I think so. You know, I, I, I do believe that there's a bunch of different ways that it can happen, right? I, I, 
I'd like to still believe in the power of like an amazing song. You know, I, I, I always reference Passenger when I, when I talk about just a great song. I don't know what that guy looks like. I don't care. When I heard that song on the radio, I only know your love ruin your lyric or whatever. Um, do you guys know that song? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, you know I actually immediately thought of the the Tool and Deftone song yeah. "Passenger." Oh, okay. But well, well, how's it go? How's it? No, it was uh, only know you've been high when you're feeling low. Um, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so when yeah, I first I've, heard that song, on the that was radio, everywhere. I was just like, this is a, like a wonderful song. Yeah. And so, so originality is great. Uh, I think an amazing song sometimes just breaks down every wall. Mm. Mm. But I do think if you've got both then, then yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's not a bad thing either. It's almost like if you can have uh, all the components kind of working at their, their maximum potential, sure, that, that's the best. But I feel like originality right out of the gate can sort of separate you from, from the small club, like yeah, from the Queen yeah. Street Club. If you have originality, you can kind of be like, hey, I'm the most standout thing out of yeah. this pocket. And then from there, it goes on. But... That's kind of just my uh, my opinion. Yeah, on, for sure. There's power in being real. I also heard a, a quote from uh, the great Eckhart Tolle. He said, "You cannot destroy what is real." And it's just that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Especially he's a soft spoken guy, and I heard that. I was like, he's like into like meditation and stuff. Yeah. And I heard that. I'm like, oh, that's a banger. Yeah, like, like that. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. That too. It's good for sure. But yeah, this it's it's so cool to hear you break down like your knowledge and stuff like of the whole spectrum mm-hmm. and like I really admire your confidence of like even like thinking of just cold calling like a Fred Durst or a Sharon or whatever that makes me nervous it's like how do I open this conversation you gotta be but day drunk yeah, yeah day Very drunk and then and actually having good music to yeah. back it up you and know, you know like, what it's a lot I've found too right a lot of people um you know a lot of people are willing to help you know, if you can kind of, if it, if it works out and you find people, but I, I also think that, um, this is something that I'd made a mistake before on is like, say with, um, Bachman, for example, when I was working with him, right. I was kind of working with him more. So I, I stayed with working with him. Like I did a tour with them and I maybe worked with them for like about two or three years, but I stayed there against my, what my gut was telling me Yeah, because he was a rock and roll hall of fame guy and he had this big thing and, and you sort of equate that to, Hey, if I'm there, you know, this is going to happen, which certain things kind of do. Like it definitely sort of, I guess, raises your status if you're able to be like, Hey, you know, I can, but I didn't like working with him. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So moving forward from that, and, and, you know, being fortunate enough to work with some successful musicians, I have, I've made like no bones about, I don't care like how famous someone is. If I don't like get a good stomach vibe from them, mm-hmm. I don't work with them. Like yeah. I didn't really get a great stomach vibe from uh, the DJ from Slipknot. I mean, uh, he's a good guy, but I just, I didn't feel like the combination was right. Yeah. There's no chemistry in yeah. a way. Yeah. And it wasn't a bad thing. It just is what it is, but yeah. I'm not going to sit there and like You're try not gonna, to, yeah, force I'm not going to force it. Yeah, yeah. But on the other side, my, my, uh, you know, um, happy to call him you know a good friend at this point but the guitar player from the used yeah. now this is a guy that i had like a spiritual connection with and it was beyond music and we thought the same and um mm-hmm. you know that was more important to me because i liked i liked the art that was being made with that energy yeah as opposed to and like you know uh 
Slipknot, I mean, there would be, he would say this himself too, right? Slipknot's in a way bigger position than, than they used. Yeah. Slipknot, Slipknot's probably one of the biggest metal bands of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I prefer working with people that I, I just, it just clicks and I don't, yeah. and I don't force and I just have to go with my gut more than, uh, you know, the illusion of how powerful someone may oh, be. That's a beautiful thing. And on a very smaller level, I definitely relate to that too. Which with things I've tried, it's just like, oh, like this will be a good look to work with these people and I keep it up, but it just didn't feel right. Yeah. And the second I stop doing that, it's like a week later, I'll just like go with, okay, what do you, what, how do you feel? And just follow whatever that magic is. Totally. And shit just starts fucking yeah. happening. Like, it's crazy. Like, well, don't you find it kind of interesting that, you know, they, you've always heard the phrase, like, trust your instincts or your gut or the yeah. little voice in your head that tells you stuff. Like, I feel like this compass is built into us and it's not just like an accident. Yeah. Like, there is something about our bodies that tells us when something's right or wrong. And if we actually acknowledge it and, and do it, like that's, I, and this is kind of coming from me after 20 years of, of kind of learning and, and I'm going to try to practice this my whole life and, yeah. and try to find out the best scenario. But I don't know. I, I like the idea of just really trusting that feeling, even if it's just for a split second. Yeah, and you're it's like, like you know, it's just like a, an internal, like, I don't know, like a limitless intelligence that we just were naturally born with. Yeah. You can't explain it really, no. but you just know. When you know, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, and it's cool actually to have you here right now, Johnny, because like I've told you this before. It's like when I met you, I just, you told me, oh, he moved here from Ireland and he makes music and that's all I knew. But I had this crazy feeling and I'm like, I just approached him one day. I'm like, let's make a music video for fun. Like, let's just go out. <laughs> like, And I, I told him, I'm like, I don't want your fucking money. And he ended up paying me anyways. Like, he almost, like, fought me to take this money. I gave you, like, two cans of Guinness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A Guinness and a shot of Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lot for me. You know, I work with independent artists and shit. Yeah. But then it just, just that feeling, like, flourished into, like, a crazy friendship. And oh, we're yeah. both kind of, like, on this journey that relates to each other. And I'm sure, like, you have that feeling with, like, the dude from The Used as well. And, yeah. like like it's just an unexplainable energy to yeah. the room. And I and I feel like that um you know, you can never really go wrong with I feel the same thing with you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It, it's yeah. it doesn't have to be necessarily like on a business level or like a creation level, even though it's cool that it does and it does kind of blur the lines with our friendship, but you know, when we met at work we obviously had an effortless sort of friendship with each other, right? We would just be able to hang and shoot the shit. And even some people didn't like it. You know, I, I also think, you know, to kind of, uh, you know, maybe take the walk in their shoes of, of toxic people at work. I do believe that to some regard, you know, the setup of working every single day for 30 or 40 years, I think it, it sort of destroys people's happiness to some regard. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like, you know, said people that might work at this place. You can be empathetic. I can be empathetic yeah, yeah. to it because I feel like, you know, they're doing time, man. They're doing they're doing mental yeah. prison time. Mm-hmm. And, and I could see how that may, uh, you know, make you a little, your, your outlook a little yeah. jaded. And there's definitely more to their story than we actually see. Oh, like for sure. Like, in the moment, I'm like, oh, fuck that guy. And then maybe I'll start thinking about, like, what he said and it's yeah, just man. like you know what there's something deeper to this it's almost People's like people's lives are complex as fuck yeah yeah like you gotta 
people are f- like, you got to take context into it. I think that it's got to be context. And you know what? I, I think now a days more than ever, we have to, uh, you know, we have to kind of understand if there's malice behind something. Yeah. Right? It's like, you know, we, we we're taking like a little sound bite or, or, a, or a headline so exactly. much that, you know, we, we got to dig a little bit deeper and you can kind of tell. And I you think. know what? Like ball busting. I'm a fan of ball busting. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I appreciate quality ball busting. Yeah, yeah. Me too. You know, but if it starts to get like just fucking like it's not dirty and shit. A little real and with some hate behind it. Yeah, it? then it's not cool. But uh, like if it's just, I don't know, it's common enough in kind of a uh, bunch of dudes working together. It just oh, yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I will say though, as far as... Uh, you know, the cleverness. I, I mean, I think a certain amount of cleverness has to play in part of ball busting. Yeah. Like if you can, if it starts to become a bit of an art, then you can respect it. If it's just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. bully stuff, then it's whatever. But I will say that the one, the one dude that we were kind of mentioning, he did make me laugh one time. Johnny and I were talking in uh, one of the aisles there. <laughs> and then he just like had popped his head through like a road case aisle. <laughs> and we just heard, he's just going, why do birds? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? I appreciate and that, I was dude. Like, it was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was just obsessive. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was, you know but what? it was great. You know what? I will say, I do feel like he liked us, though. He, he, wasn't, he did. Yeah, he, yeah. He, yeah. Didn't, he didn't care. But I, no, I, I feel like it would, yeah. yeah, I feel like it was like almost like a coin flip. Some days it would sound malicious and some days it was like, why do birds suddenly appear, you yeah. know, or it's yeah. just like, <laughs> it would tip back and forth. But in the end, it's like, I'm not at that place anymore, but I wish the best for this guy. Oh, know? of course. No, he's a good, he actually, he's a good guy. Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, and oh, another thing I want to mention too about like and talk about is you got another project coming out, and That's what's right. cool, it's like it's beyond music, yeah, and uh, yeah, you've written a children's book, yes, and that's coming out real soon, right? Yes, next week. Oh shit! Yes, next yeah, week it's out. Yeah. But I'm only selling it for anyone that's interested in maybe purchasing a copy. I'm only actually selling them because it's a very small batch order, right? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see where it goes if it grows into something else. I already have a couple more uh, books actually written, but uh, we'll see how it goes if people if people enjoy it or whatever. But but if anyone wants to buy it, I'm just uh, what's my Instagram? I don't know. Can we tag my yeah, Instagram somehow kid. in there? Yeah, definitely. And I'm gonna mention this to anybody who's listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and any of your favorite podcasting apps. Each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. You're going to see pictures of us in the studio and links to Cole's book, the vagina video, and just anything else we're talking about, too. So, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, definitely they can find it on there. And I want to hear about the concept of this book. This is actually hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) So, I guess guess to... uh, you know, to kind of paint the pictures, I, I kind of wanted to, there's a few reasons I wanted to do this. First of all, I'm a new, I'm a new dad. I have a, I have a son, uh, who's now 11 months old. Mm-hmm. It's gone very fast, but I got, uh, you know, when, you know, with your first, with your first kid, I mean, a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork, giving you presents and stuff like that. And everyone yeah. you've ever known is kind of, you know, supporting you on that. So I have a ton of books. I just got a ton of little, you know, kids books and stuff like that. And I'm always kind of shopping for them at different places. So I was like, you know what? I think it would be cool. Like I kind of have a concept that's different than all these other books that I'm seeing here. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? I wonder what it would take to just make a book. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, what, what, what do I have to do yeah. to make a book? And, and, and I feel it? like you're like a natural storyteller too. Cause like around this, you've told me about like some movie script ideas too. And they're all mm-hmm. very like imaginative and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's something within you too. So that's cool that you got that spark yeah. and inspiration from the new chapter in your life, having the child as For well. Sure. And I think, you know, so if you mix the, uh, the fact of just how many books I've uh, not only bought, but received from friends and family and stuff like that. Also where I was at creatively, I wanted to have a project that I would could just do myself and, and not have to work with anybody or whatever. Um, not that I don't like, I do like creating with other people, but I just think at the point that I'm at, like as a, as a, you know, someone who likes to create stuff, I wanted to go on my own mission and do it. And I can't personally make like music just on my own. I prefer to make it with people Mm -hmm. and I'm not like a, like a a musician guru or anything. I like to kind of work with, Hey, you know what? My buddy's a wicked keyboard player. My other buddy, he's, he's wicked on, you know, and I like to put the crew together and I can just be an element to it. Um, but I was like, okay, you know what? I could probably do this on my own. So I've, uh, put together, put together a book with an artist that I found on, uh, on Instagram and it's called the plops. (laughs) and it is about a band of turds a family band of turds that uh you know they go through different scenarios and there's uh there's a nice life lesson at the end yeah so it's uh, i think there's a little something for the parents that they can laugh at but it's also uh has a good positive message uh for the kids too yeah that's beautiful yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. no that's that's really really cool yeah i've had some I've, i've had some cool feedback on it so far and um, you know, we'll see, we'll see kind of what happens. We're going to start off with a hundred or so books here. And we'll, yeah. yeah. And did you feel like, uh, even though it's not related to your music, like some of your connections along the way, like help this get published? Like some people you yeah, can Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Like... I think that, um, you know, one thing that has been very, that I've been very fortunate with is, is kind of being interested in a lot of different art forms. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to, you know, I think I've directed maybe 12 some odd videos for people and uh, I've just been interested in any kind of all the aspects of of creating I've kind of realized at this point that you know I don't want to be necessarily pigeonholed as you know just a guitar player or a singer or a songwriter or like I kind of like doing it all yeah yeah I don't know if that's a good thing I mean some people may argue that you know you might want to be just great at one discipline or jack of all trades mm-hmm. master of none whatever but i personally like to uh dive into a new creative venture and just take some of the things that i've learned from other other aspects of it mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I, yeah. F- I feel that a lot I too think, in the, in yeah the... as long as there as long as there's passion there who gives a fuck what you're doing yeah 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 i like uh i think and challenging yourself too there's got to be some part of that so. yeah. like I think so too. And I, I think maybe it kind of boils down to, I just, I enjoy making stuff for people to enjoy. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have a category. It's just as open as that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I have a musical that I've kind of, I have a few, you know, uh, even remember I was telling you about the, uh, the, f- the film that I that I'd written. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a couple ideas that sort of go in my eye cloud in my brain that, you know, they may take a lot, a little longer to percolate and some of them are a bit more grandiose than others. And they're not as easy to just go after because I mean, uh, you know, a movie is just kind of a big undertaking. But yeah, yeah. I think that at one day, you know, when the opportunity sort of presents itself, um, you know, that will be a little bit ahead of the races if we want to, if we want to. Yeah, do definitely. It. You got the, the script all planned out too. And it's, yeah, it's cool. Like it's, it's inspiring to hear you. You're just always keeping moving. And oh. even like 
with like I know you're you're busy with your job and your child too, yeah. and you still like almost like anytime seems like when you have your downtime, you're making something. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. I feel like I kind of have to. I mean, I'm still in a lot of ways transitioning into being like a, like an adult, you know, in a lot of ways, <laughs> yeah. um, because I didn't, I didn't have a real job for a long time. You know, I just kind of, uh, made my end meet through, through music and art for a long time. And, you know, there was times where I would make more than others yeah. and I just always kind of made it work. Mm. Um, but you know, when you have, uh, when you have a, a kid and a mortgage and stuff. So I transitioned into like, you know, adult life, maybe about I don't know, maybe about two and a half years ago. Yeah, it's got to be um, a crazy adjustment too, like always being on the road, touring, and now, like you said, mortgage, house, yeah. kid. It's like, how how are you? How did you feel like going through that transition? Well, you know what? I, I don't want to tour. Yeah? I don't yeah. want to tour. I feel like... Uh, you, you've done it. You I've know? done it, yeah. and you know what? I, I really, you know, I can only speak for myself, but I feel like you kind of want to tour when you're a little bit younger. Yeah. You know, you can sleep on fan floors and you can be drunk and like go up the next day and whatever. And you know, when you're, you know, I'm 35 now. Right. So it's, I just like sleeping in my own bed and I like <laughs> yeah. going to bed at like 10 and I don't like being like drunk till six in the morning as yeah. much. Mind you, I may do that tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He took the train down <laughs> very, with the that's, boys. That's like a once in a, you know, it's not all the time. This is just sort of like a special occasion type of thing. But so I don't, I didn't really, I don't really want to, uh, <clears throat> tour extensively like that. Um, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make little projects that I can sort of like, I think this book is, is a good start in the right direction where I can have a creative outlet. Um, but also still kind of take care of my priorities, you know? Yeah. And that's cool. And it's cool that you're like at peace with that. I know yeah. like some people try to like hang on to no. certain things. Yeah. And what's interesting too, having Johnny right beside you too, he's told me a whole different thing. He's like, I want to live in a van and go across the, <laughs> across the country and just yeah, like, well, I need a taste of it. I yeah, you do. You do. Oh, you and you, you got the material to back it up too. You should do everything, man. You should do everything you can, anything you can do because it's amazing. Like I, I feel like part of the reason I'm at peace with it yeah. is because I feel like, and it's, this is actually funny because I will see people from my, from my past and they'll be like, you can almost kind of tell they, they, they maybe think of me as like a, a failed musician or something. Yeah. When really you, you did it though. When, like, really, yeah. when really, I actually feel like I'm a fairly successful musician. I feel yes. like I got to do everything. Yeah. Did I, was I like a, a rock God for the rest of my life? Absolutely not. But looking back, I'm kind of glad that I didn't. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I w really want that mm -hmm. at this stage in my life. Yeah. It, you know, I like that it just happened in my twenties and there was like, you know, uh, I hate to even say it, but there was a level of kind of fame and notoriety and that's all great in your twenties for me, as I transitioned into, you know, getting a little bit older though, though, uh, you know, being seen and being popular and, and being, you know, on top, those things don't appeal to me as much anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in my twenties they did and I would fucking do whatever it took to kind of make things work and make them big and mm -hmm. successful and whatever. Right. Well, I but, think the reason you can transition into quote unquote normal life now for a 35 year old man is because you gave it your all when you were in it. Um, mm, you've no yeah. regrets, you know, you no. didn't, you're not sitting here going, oh, if I only pushed the boat a little further, right. you know what I mean? You gave it your all and now it's out of your system. And pretty much, I think a lot of people like, especially when they, 
they get a little older and start having a family, those little regrets start like whispering in their fucking brain, you know, like, oh, I, I really didn't give my all. So I think once you, even if nothing, um, <laughs> if nothing comes to fruition, if you give it your all, it's like, well, out of my hands, you know, yeah, I mean? no regrets, you don't blame yeah. yourself then. No. Mm. And you know what? I think you're, you're absolutely right with that because like, <laughs> say with, uh, you know, the band stuff or whatever, it kind of felt like you pushed the boat. If anything, if I even had one regret, it might've been to maybe know when to stop. It's yeah. kind of a good tactic. Right, because I probably could have, I probably could have stopped. I pushed the boat maybe two years too long, wow. where we probably could have jumped off. Um, but because you know, I do feel like you kind of get caught if you put a lot of time into it. Yeah. You've got a lot of people, you know, that have supported you, and and you maybe think there's a glimmer that you can kind of open up a new chapter. Yeah, um, you know, because we we were working with, uh, you know, like I said, Bachman and. Uh, you know, doing some stuff with Sum 41 too. So it, was, it had this little glimmer, like for our last album. Yeah. So yeah. we did kind of push the broken machine past the finish yeah. line. Um, but I do feel pretty, I, I feel fulfilled by that whole journey because I feel like, you know what? We saw it right up the mountain and then it came down yeah. and there's no more you can do. You yeah, know, yeah. You, you push the broken machine over the finish line. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, even doing that too, it's like there's no what if in your mind. Like no, if you no were to if. stop we, it, like you just you We just literally did, it. did yeah. as much as we possibly could. And, uh, you know, I got to credit uh, my man, Charlie Royal. He was the uh, MC, like both of us together, uh, the whole band, you know, my, my, uh, the drummer for Hello Beautiful, Kev, he was long, lifelong friend of mine. And we just, Gave it everything for 10 years. We lived at the rehearsal space. We, you know, as far as, uh, you know, doing business stuff, we, we had no problem just going, okay, if we're going to go find someone, we'll wait in the parking lot and, and catch them. We, we just did whatever it took to, to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, me and too. And it was a good mm. time because we were just so fucking hungry, man. And we were just saying, you know what? If they don't give us the key, we're kicking the door down. And yeah. honestly, that's the fucking <laughs> mentality. I love I that. It was just so... And even sometimes we'd have to choke people. We'd have to punch people. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a lot of inspiration from just that. You got to like, yeah. like I'm getting fired up from this conversation. Honestly, like, and, and it, it, it kind of would, it sort of has like this, you know, a band. I mean, it's such a magical thing because it's basically like a gang. Yeah. Right. It's like a gang and you're like pirates. And if you go out there, you're. I don't know. There's just, just raping and pillaging every town. And like, uh, <laughs> yeah, not much raping. Little pillaging. Yeah, right? little I'm, pillaging. I'm saying this metaphorically. <laughs> 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 just a little slight pillage. Bro, you gotta be careful with that shit. Now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. That's two strikes against me today. <laughs> <laughs> this show is gonna be canceled, even though I fund it. <laughs> it's like I I listen to it back and I get offended. <laughs> oh no! But this this is awesome. We're like almost at an hour right now and oh yeah i think those are like some wicked words to end on sure. and just like oh fuck i feel like i could make this show like a five hour conversation oh yeah but i'm surprised an hour already went by yeah, just, it goes quick eh? yeah yeah it does i know i'll just say a, a couple last things about how i remember meeting you at uh, at our work yeah, or whatever. yeah i thought it was cool because i i first noticed you because you had a king of the dot hat yeah 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 and i was <laughs> like oh yeah that's cool man this guy's into uh like the battle raps? Into the battle raps and whatnot, because I, I, I sort of mess with them as well. So it's cool, man. But it's, I'm glad that, uh, you know, even though 
I mean, I live, you know, quite a ways away from here and, you know, that we're all able to kind of get together and we've been trying to do this for a while. So it's cool that, uh, that we could, and you got a great spot here. So yeah, cheers. hopefully there's many more. Yeah, definitely. We're definitely going to do a part two, part million, like yeah. whatever you guys like. I actually had this thought, like not the other, I was going to say the other week, but like just it's it's been like recent, like, like me thinking the whole spectrum of the spirit of whatever the show is, because uh, I mentioned to people like the pilot episodes that started me with a hand recorder in a park, coffee shops or whatever, had the other studio, had a heartbreak when that got taken away. And just there's something there's some drive in spirit with me where it's just like this needs to keep going. So when I didn't have the lovely place where we're at now talks you, I was doing like some episodes on the phone or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep this a thing like it's going to change. It's going to evolve into different things but i think as long as i have a voice or if i'm like alive the creative imbalance is gonna be something like this journey i'm on till the end you know yeah, and i think it should be yeah and so there's definitely gonna be more cole episodes more johnny episodes yeah, and man. yeah it's like um i, I also want to thank both of you for all your support and stuff because it helps too and like we talked about that work environment we were in and it's just like sometimes i'd feel a lot of drain, like, a like isolated, yeah, isolated, drained, and almost like I'll have times where the spark is like dim, you know, like the the flame is down, and you guys would always like just throw gasoline on it too, yeah. and it's just like I think like like how like people would always comment on our conversations we'd have too. It's just like there'd be an energy that happens in the room when the three of us talk, you know? And even, like, it goes, like, to Johnny's music, too. Like, when I'm not even in the conversation, I'll see you guys across the building just talking and just, like... I'm like, I don't even know what they're saying, but this is... this is this is They're having, like, a quality, like, thing. And it's usually, oh, yeah. like, you're telling him about music industry stuff or he's asking you stuff and back and forth. And I think it's just, like, a cool little dynamic the three of us have. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's, like... It's wicked to have you in here, Cole, too, because, like, me and Johnny said, it's, like, we love, like, picking your brain. And, like, in a way, like, we really look up to you and, like, we can get, like, a lot of, like, just knowledge and everything. And Cool. Well, and, I'm, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad to help. And, uh, you know, I always like, uh, always like kicking it with you guys, so... Yeah, fuck yeah. And speaking of, boys, let's go for a beer. Let's go have a drink. Let's do it. We've earned it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Girth Radio. Your catch, your prize, your diamond ring. The Salvation Army of expensive things. You said slow dance is dead and all the junkies are cool. You're gonna rip the heart out that you thought I had. Because you're bad like that. Because you're bad like that. And I know. Because you're Told a girl one time, one ride, then bye. She don't wanna give up on her newfound pride. Heels accentuating my high five. One thing I can tell you about this girl, she's one of a kind in this cold, cold world. Gotta pump this pass up this glass, refill and repack that quick fast. Because you're bad like that, because you're bad like that, and I know. Because you're bad, 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 bad like that, because you're bad. 
Because you're bad like that Because you're bad